You're listening to the Non-Tech Founders Podcast. podcast, fortnightly conversations about running a business as a non-technical founder. I'm Laura. And I'm Nathan. Join us as we navigate the developer-dominated world of entrepreneurship, bootstrapping and beyond. In today's episode, we're going to give a little bit of an update on where we both are, and we're just going to talk about some different themes, topics and challenges we've been facing. So it's going to be a little bit of a mishmash episode, um, but I think it, it should be a good one. So... Nathan, do you want to start? What have what's new? Well, for, for starters, we haven't actually spoken for ages. So I think last time we recorded, the last episode was about the uh, the product market fit, and apparently, actually, uh, a lot of people have enjoyed that episode. I think uh, it's been quite popular according to the downloads, and had a bit of feedback on that as well. So that was kind of that was kind of nice. I don't know when we last recorded. So I, f- I feel like it was a good while ago. So there must have been lots of things going on, both with you and myself, and. Definitely yeah. for myself. <laughs> yeah, and there's just been, in the UK, there's been a lot of bank holidays this month. Just every Monday, and we record on a Monday. Um, so I've, I think we've had like three bank holidays this month. And today is a bank holiday, Today's right? a bank for holiday, you. and we thought, well, we can't put it off recording another week because we've got no episodes left in the pipeline. So, yeah, we're, we've made it work today. Is that thanks to the, uh, the 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 whole royal thing going on, or is it just a normal bank holiday now? Yeah, so we all, always have like a a couple of bank holidays in May, um, and then because of the coronation, there's like an extra one, and there was just oh, you know, all the royal stuff that's been going on. It's just bank holidays coming out of the woodworks everywhere, which is quite difficult for us, you know, as you know, self-employed kind of nurseries close, so bank holiday isn't like taking a day off when you're in a normal job it's like oh we just have a less less of a work week which can be a bit tricky yeah. but I'm trying to just appreciate the extra time with my daughter but um yeah I am itching to kind of get back to it because I feel a little bit behind so it's sort of making me feel a bit stressed but... I find that the the bank holidays don't really affect me because because my clients have always been abroad like the clients I work with a local holiday here doesn't make any difference to them because they don't care um you know so i kind of work anyway you know an external holiday where they are doesn't affect me either obviously you know i'm i'm, I'm still working whether they're in the uk or the states whatever so I'm, yeah i find i've i kind of find i almost ignore the bank holidays over here and there are a lot in spain as well spain do bank holidays really well <laughs> i don't know how many holidays they have on a year just you know it's uh it's crazy but yeah there's a lot over here they never used to and, bother me either but um it's only since the since the whole nursery thing, you know, I can't get work done when I've got a two year old running oh, around. Yeah, yeah. So it's before that, I just treated it as a normal work day if I wanted, or maybe I'd take it off. But I'd usually just treat it as a work day because bank mm. holiday days are a bit manic to really do anything. So it never bothered me. So it's a bit tricky now, but I mean, it's not the end of the world. I feel like it's something I shouldn't really complain about. I just you know, I can feel things piling up a little bit because there's been so many and we've had mm. like a lot of sickness in the household, you know, which means more time off nursery. So it's just been, but that's part and parcel. I'm not the only one who um, deals with that. And uh, yeah, it's only for a few short years. So 
<laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've been busy moving the last few weeks, and it, well, actually, it feels more like the last month. But uh, I guess really, it's been the last few weeks, two or three weeks. So I've just moved into this new place, and uh, so I definitely feel like I'm behind. And I've been so I've been trying to get into a uh, like today because like less than a week after I moved into my new apartment, my dad came over to visit. First time I've seen him in a long, long time, and then. He went away last week and then uh, my daughter was here as well. So it just feels like this week is the first week that I'm actually able to sit down and sort of put together a schedule and and try and organize how I need to work now and get back into the things because I definitely feel like I'm behind more on more on personal work than actually on client work, you know, with regards to sort of marketing and updating the portfolio and, you know, sort of outreach and all that stuff. I definitely need to, or I've needed to sort of look at how I'm going to get more out of my day, you know, instead of just yeah, well, time in my work, which we've spoken about before, which I do, but actually trying to box myself in so that I can ha- I can be a little more rigid. I know the great thing about being a freelancer is that you can be flexible as you need, and I can be, but I think at the moment I, I need to be pretty rigid with myself and uh, impose some kind of work timetable and stuff. Because one of the great things about where we've moved is that it means my daughter can walk to school now. So in theory, I don't even have to get up in the morning when she goes, like she just gets up and goes, you know, because she's a teenager and walks to school and that's it. So it gives me a lot more freedom then to be able to sit down and work and and get things done. So yeah, that's kind of mm, what I've started doing yesterday, sat down and what I'll be trying to work through now over the next couple of weeks, getting all this uh, sort of, I don't know what you want to call it, time boxing or just being very strict with my, my days. I know obviously we've spoken about this in the past as well with you organizing either a day a week or time during the day to do certain tasks admin work all this stuff but uh it's what i'm looking at now at the moment yeah because i saw your tweet where you said that you were you know going to try time boxing because you need to you know start getting things done i listened to a podcast recently i've been getting really into the diary of a ceo podcast Mm, um yeah and there was one by i don't actually know how to pronounce his name the guy who wrote hooked near near yeah And he was talking about time boxing. He was talking about how to not get distracted. Um, And he only briefly mentioned it, but it definitely sounded interesting. So I, I haven't looked into time boxing specifically. I imagine what it is, is having a calendar in front of you and having every single part of your day accounted for even if it's not an event so you have time for specific tasks and it's all in your calendar or you might have time for deep work for a certain I don't know outreach or something is that does that sound is that the kind of same thing that you're looking at yeah yeah I think it's pretty much what I've tried to do for today I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna plan out the next day tonight um, so I'll do that every day for the working week. And then so by the time I get to the end of the week, at least I can have a good idea of what will work for the following week. Cause I know I'm going to mm, not take things into account. Um, I'm sure I haven't put enough breaks in, for example, and then just other things as well. Like I need to take something back to the shop or whatever. Or I need to, you know, speak to the vets, all that kind of stuff, you know, kind of life admin, but yeah, so I've pretty much planned out the entire day and then tried to include obviously like today's I planned out last night so I've got the podcast in there I mean basically I am going hour by hour all the way through the day until I have to come home and cook dinner kind of thing you know so I've basically starting at seven in the morning so I get up at six anyway and then starting at seven because I like working early if I can is I feel like I get stuff done you know 
before even opening the email. So for example, today I got seven till nine is client work from nine till 10 is walking the dogs and then back again, then 10 till 12 is client work again. And then in theory, 10 to 12, 30 was a bit of a break to handle whatever I need to handle. In this case, it was actually the shopping. <laughs> I had to go and do some food shopping. And then we got the podcast. I've allowed an hour for that because usually, you know, we chat a little bit before and maybe a little bit afterwards. So then lunch, uh, give myself a whole hour, which I think is pretty generous of me. And then again, 2.30 to 4, client work, 4.15 to 5, marketing for myself, which 45 minutes is not a lot at all. I need more time to, because I mean, really, that's kind of everything. I need to update the portfolio. You know, I could include outreach and in I could include, include setting up tweets and all that kind of stuff. So Again, this is something I need to look at and sort of tweak. And then I've got kind of like a, a slash, which is Leo. So that means Leo comes home from school. Then I've got to take it to volleyball, come back, and then walk the dogs again, go and pick up my daughter. And then that's kind of maneuvers for the day done. I am being quite strict in the sense that, yes, it needs to be from here to here with this with client work. And I know because I have several retainers, I know I don't need to be as specific as work on this client because I know pretty much, you know, what I need to get done uh, within this day, within today. And now tonight, after I've seen pretty much how this day's gone, I'll know what I need to uh, maybe make a bit more flexible or maybe adapt with the timing for tomorrow. For example, I haven't worked in today's workout day for me. I haven't built that into today. So somehow that needs to go there as well. I'm hoping it's going to help you be more focused for one thing, because I know I'm going to have to sit down and do this do X, Y, and Z. Um, and I'm hoping it's going to make it easier as well to, to be able to plan and to say, well, okay, you know, I've actually finished the client work earlier, for example, than I thought. So it means I have maybe an hour extra to work on the marketing, to work on outreach or whatever that might be. So while it's strict, it's flexible as well at the same time, because obviously if client work finishes, then it's finished. There's, there's, there's nothing else left for me to do within that uh, specific time box. Again, it's not something I've looked into either. Like, you know, how you should do this. I mean, I, I know I spoke to one guy who timed and time boxed absolutely everything, you know, like for going to the bathroom and everything. Uh, wow. I can't say as I'm that, you know, that fussed about that, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's going to help. And I think for me, I know that you, you split your week into days and then into sprints, but I think for me, it's going to have to be a bit more granular and go, you know, in these hour blocks or whatever they might be throughout the day and then take that into the week. Um, and just see how it goes. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it sounds like a long day, but it makes sense that you would need to do it that way as opposed to the way I do it because I have one focus, which is a real benefit, I suppose. It's yeah. a it's Completely. a privilege to have like just one focus and be able to focus on one thing, whereas you have quite a lot of different things that you need to focus on. So doing it more day by day, hour by hour makes sense. One thing that I'd be curious as to if I don't know if you're planning on testing this but to see whether doing changing up the times that you work on your business versus doing client work makes a difference so maybe like uh, one or two days a week you do the marketing or sales outreach that kind of thing first thing in the morning because at the minute it sounds like it's kind of well this is only today I understand but mm, yeah um, at the minute it's the last thing at, at the day which if you're anything like me or I would imagine most people that is a long day you might not be like at your best at that point. So it'd be interesting to see like, you know, it might help you, time boxing might help you at least figure out what time of day you're better working on certain tasks. So everybody has like really tasks that need a lot of brain power. 
tasks that maybe are really important but you don't want to do for whatever reason and then tasks that are a bit kind of more mindless kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's about like testing out different structures of your day until you find something that is going to work for you and is going to be sustainable yeah for sure I mean definitely in the afternoons I'm not you know I can't really take on high load tasks you know um so I guess for example today as I have it with my own personal uh marketing stuff uh, in the afternoon it would depend very much what it was you know if it was just like writing out some tweets or creating some content to, to post along with those tweets then that'd be fine but yeah if it was something that needed a bit more creativity a bit more concentration then yeah it definitely wouldn't work so i think with those things i will have to see what works best for me like as you know i said i i do prefer working in the morning and it is a long day part of the challenge i have is the fact that you know i've got the dogs so the dogs is two hours two hours out of my day straight away and then obviously if i want to work out as well then that's time gone as well lunch is gone you know it's the same for everyone i'm, I'm not saying this is special it does take a long, a long time out of, the, out of that day. And then obviously my daughter's here in the evening. So yeah, yeah, I definitely will need to experiment with this as the time, as, as sort of the days go through. Cause like I said, I, I don't think I've put anywhere near enough time to just relax a little bit. But another thing we've spoken about in the past is you said you stopped timing things because it was so, <laughs> it was a little bit disheartening to see actually how much work or how much deep work you could get done. And I, so I'm going the other way on this because I want to be, because I saw the same thing. So I'd get to the end of the day and some, some days you see three hours, four hours, like proper, you know, deep work. And that was really disappointing. So I know, or the rather, I want to try going the other way and actually, you know, bring far more specificity to, to how I'm working and, and see if I can get more done, feel more accomplished, feel better at the end of the day and think, well, Maybe in six months, I'll be in a position where I can, you know, do something better or do something different or a different, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's another a good example of how, you know, people are, we're in just different stages of life at the minute. And it's, you know, the reason that the time tracking for me was disheartening is because there really is nothing I can do to change it. Like I, I am pretty focused on, you know, one task. I'm quite fortunate in that way. but you know, I can't find any more time. Well, I could, but I'm not willing to sacrifice what I would need to sacrifice in order to find more time. So Mm. um, one of the big things I always said when I had my daughter is that I don't want her to be in nursery, like from the crack of dawn till evening, even though we pay to have her in nursery 7am till 7pm. We sort of do like school hours. So it's more like eight or like three. Um, Mm -hmm. The walk itself to and from nursery is 40 minutes. So 20 minutes there and back twice a day. So like mm-hmm. an hour and a half or something of just walking to and from nursery a day, right? So that's like that time taken out. The time in the morning, you know, we can't get anything done. The time in the evening, the afternoon and the evening, we can't get anything done. So it was disheartening for me because I felt like I just wasn't willing to do anything to change it. So I just stopped doing it thinking, you know, this is only going to be for a few years and then soon I'm going to have more time. Whereas I think, you know, you have the opportunity now because your daughter's older to spend more time doing it and you can kind of optimize your time because you can say actually I have all this time but I've been spending it in the wrong way I'm just going to spend it differently and that will um, help one thing I'm curious about is when you say about marketing and stuff I don't know if this was just an example you were using or something that you're doing but when you said things like you know putting out tweets or doing like content or that kind of thing 
my question would be marketing is like really hard to track in general. I don't know what your goals are, but if you're, are your goals to get more clients at the minute? Cause you need to, I know you were talking about your personal yeah, situation. Is I, that your goal? I, when, yeah. When I said marketing, I mean, basically marketing is just the first word that came to mind when I had to put in my business time. So whatever I need to get done in that business time. See, I, I would consider changing it to sales. Well, I suppose that is assuming your yeah. question is, or your goal is to get more clients, right? No, no. Yeah, it, completely. But it's just, it's just the blanket word that I've put in for today's schedule. So yeah, it wouldn't necessarily be marketing as in, this is what I'm going to do. It's just like, this is my business time. So whatever comes into that and that's what's today and 45 minutes is nothing. So again, that's something I'm going to have to I'm going to have to look at and change because I need a lot more time than that. Yeah. But carry on with what you were saying about yeah, sales. It's not really a, it's, this is probably just something that I've, my, not my mindset, but I've kind of, I tend to mix marketing and sales a lot personally. So I always assume other people are doing the same because I, what, what is marketing and what is sales? You know, I wasn't trained in like business or anything like this. And I realized a lot of the time I, I spend a lot of time thinking about marketing and not enough time thinking about sales. So sales would be more like the, you're actually going out and trying to physically get, in my case, it would be more customers. In your case, it would be more clients. And then marketing is that kind of stuff that's more in the background, like, yeah. you know, writing tweets or like doing that kind of thing. And I kind of realized recently I was like I think I focus too much on marketing and not enough on sales like at this point in my business like I'm not a big business and um, actually I probably need to be but I, I tend to copy what bigger businesses are doing than mine thinking that this is what I need to be doing because I see them doing it and so I think oh I need to be doing this and then I actually think well I'm not I don't know if I'm actually in the position to be doing this right now so it's actually more of a it's not so much a judgment on you and what, how you're spending your time. It's just something I realized recently. And so that's, it's kind of on the top of my mind, the difference yeah. between marketing and sales and how you're spending, especially when you have limited time, depending on what your goal is. Like if you're happy with the amount of customers in my case or clients in your case, then marketing is, is great because it can kind of feed into this like long-term sustainable business. But if your goal is to kind of grow quickly, I feel like doing something a bit more like direct and really uncomfortable, kind of scary sales type things. Yeah, you're quite right. And I do think of the two as being different. I, I Again, I think of marketing as being that stuff that's going on in the background. Like, for example, I would set up a week of tweets and then that would just be going. And then the sales, yeah, as you said, would definitely be far more direct <laughs> and far more an outreach kind of thing as opposed to anything else because yeah like you said the marketing just ticks over in the background and that's yeah it, it can and will work at some point in the long run but it's not something you can you know rely on at any point and obviously with a SaaS and with a, a product it's different because all that kind of stuff gathers up into a flywheel and at some point you know it brings you traffic and it brings you signups and all that stuff but uh specifically for for me as freelance product designer now then yeah it needs to be far more direct and hands-on and actually just reaching out to people and saying whatever the spiel is going to be that's what's going to pay off and that's what's going to bring me direct customers because you know i can't wait for six months or whatever for in fact i, I i'm not even publishing blog content anymore uh you know which i used to back in the day because it's just it's too indirect for me now i need something a lot quicker you know and while referrals are, all, are also great you can't rely on referrals you know i need something that's outward going as opposed to as opposed to inward whenever it feels like <laughs> coming inward 
I, I watched a video from Jay Klaus and one of the things he said was, uh, you can't control cash coming in, but you can always control offers going out. So focus on what you can control. Like you can't control whether a client accepts your proposal or you can't control whether a customer buys. Like you can't control that. You can influence it and hopefully in a positive way, but just try to focus on the things that you can control because it's just, it's less depressing, I suppose, to think of it that way. And that kind of helped me. I was like, you know, I can control these if I'm sending out 50 offers. That's something I can control. If only one of them accepts, for example, then, you know, at least I was just focused on the things that I can control, not the things that is in someone else's control. So that kind of mindset shift helped me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's definitely something I need to work on as well on the website because at the moment it's just my retainers and that's it. Creating offers for different things as well and experimenting with that is going to be interesting um because it would be really nice to be able to get some maybe productized kind of service but something that just is done and done do you know what i mean like there's the offer this is the service this is how much it's going to cost and something i can just (laughs) sounds terrible so that i could just bang out you know yeah and not even really have to think about too much about it i mean that's ideal especially if you find something that's really genuinely valuable to people like the fact that you can do it really easily doesn't make it not worth it you know it doesn't Mm. mean it's a scam or anything it's like if you have knowledge and I suppose the way I think about you and what you do is you know UX onboarding type things someone's struggling with Mm. their onboarding you know they don't care if it takes you 10 hours or one hour if their onboarding experience improves and they get better customer retention then it doesn't matter how long it took you so if you can find offers like that then I think you're in a a good position especially because you sort of have like a bit of a niche you know with the whole ux kind of angle mm, definitely something i gotta look at see how i can uh sort of maximize the work coming in so yeah what about uh what about yourself what's been going on well i've had a business milestone like a really big one i feel like this is like oh, yeah. a turning point <laughs> so we hired our first i say we because Myself and my husband have the same technical business, even though mine's client portal, his is right message. But together jointly, we hired our first full-time employee. Now, everyone who's ever worked for us has always been freelancer, contractor, that kind of thing. And we've tried, you know, hiring like a VA or something before. We've hired freelance VAs. I had a really bad experience once hiring a full-time VA, which lasted like a month and it was horrendous. Yeah, yeah, virtual assistant. Um, And so we were like, okay, something's got to change because we feel like we're sort of like against this ceiling that we just can't push through. And the only way that to push through is to start hiring. Like I don't, I can't see any other way. Like we have to do it. We should have done it a long time ago. There's really no excuse anymore. And this is something that our business coach has helped us with, you know, like, why aren't you doing this? This is, it's not really a smart decision. So We've hired our executive assistant and we did it. We hired someone local, um, which was really important to us because especially for an executive assistant, I think hiring virtual is quite hard because the onboarding is just difficult. So we had her, she started a week ago and she's been in our home office with us every day, just watching us work, like learning things and just taking on things herself. Um, And she's been amazing, like so, so good. And the way we found her, as people always ask where you find employees, this is just not going to be helpful, but there is maybe a nugget of helpfulness in there. The way we found her is that she uh, worked in one of our local coffee shops that we went into work a lot. 
And uh, we overheard her talking to a colleague saying she was looking for more. She wanted to be maybe an assistant or something. And we were looking for an assistant. She happened to be American. So we live in the UK. She happened to be American. Personally, I love the way Americans just are in general, like they're super I mean, I know I shouldn't really generalize, but really enthusiastic and like positive and optimistic and all that kind of stuff. I always find them really well spoken in general. She was from the same like town that my husband was from. She went to the same university that I went to randomly, which is in Cornwall, which is miles away from where we live. Like all these like things that just kind of added up and we just really liked her as a person, despite that not being helpful in the sense that you can't just go to my coffee shop and just pick up a great assistant um, because we've taken her already. Every time I've hired someone or worked with someone and my gut feeling was like, this just feels right, it's been a success. And any time that I've hired based more on, uh, I mean, I guess this one I think would maybe be the best out of all of them. It's just not gone well. To be honest, there were some red flags with this particular person that we hired that I was a little bit worried about. And on paper, if I'd have listened to those red flags, I might not have hired her over someone else that I didn't have as good a feeling about. But because just her general way about her, I thought, yeah, I just, I just, I want to give it a shot. And she's worked for us for one week and she has just exceeded our expectations in every way. She is so great. And I know it's only been a week, but I've got a really good feeling about it. So yeah, that's our like first thing. And now we're super excited because we're thinking, wow, look at all this stuff we're going to get off our plates. Like all this just... Not only stuff that we're going to get off our plates, but stuff that we can do to help grow our business. So, you know, she's going to be in charge of all those like Monday admin tasks that I've talked about in previous podcasts. Does that mean you're going to work Mondays now? Now you don't have to do those admin yeah, tasks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a whole extra day to like fill with something really valuable. <laughs> I don't know what yet, but I'll I'll find something. Um, well, not at the minute because it's always bank holidays. But yeah, she's going to do all that kind of stuff. She's going to do our inbox, even our personal inbox. We're not going to look at anymore. And she's going to just weekly tell us what we need oh, wow. to know about our personal inbox. So we're just not going to look at it. But she's also going to help with things like, so when I when I get a new customer for Client Portal or Brendan gets a new customer for Write Message, help with like the customer success. So like offer to get on a call with them and oh, just see cool. how she can help. And, you know, she might not be able to like debug any problems. Okay, that's fine. She's not a developer or, you know, she might not necessarily know all the answers, but I see her kind of as a point of contact for all of for our customers and she can direct them to the right place and just help them get the help that they need. Because, you know, I have a developer and I have a client portal support person. They're both just, you know, contractors um, and she can kind of help get people to the right place. And I think that's just going to be really helpful for like customer retention and, you know, getting making them more successful, giving them a really great experience and all that stuff. So I'm really, really excited. And I feel like I could potentially look back on this moment years from now and and see that that was a clear turning point what will be left for you <laughs> to do if, <laughs> if she's going to be taking on it sounds like a lot uh, it sounds awesome is what it sounds like but I mean what everything would you be else. focusing on well everything that I'm doing that I spend like most of my time doing now is what I'm still going to be focused on so I do like all the marketing and all the sales and that kind of stuff so you know I'm not going to be doing email but that was never a big part of my job anyway so for example what I'm doing at the moment my current sprint um, it's actually on pause because while we're onboarding her is I'm going through all my automation and I'm just like rebuilding it and making it better so when people buy client portal they're going to get better 
onboarding emails when I'm pitching client portal in an email that those are just going to be improved. I'm going to add new automations for things like upsells. So, you know, they could get maybe the lifetime license if they have the annual one and do like a little promotion for that. I'm still doing the workshops. So the group calls and all that kind of stuff. And then I've got sprints further down the line where, you know, I'm going to be focused on paid advertising, for example, for six weeks or something. So really there's a ton of stuff that I can do and it's the stuff I should be doing really at this point. I shouldn't be like doing all these little tasks that are just taking up a lot of time Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of thing. So yeah, a ton of stuff. So I'm really excited and I think that's going to help, especially because like I said, you know, we don't have, I don't have a lot of time to work at the minute. So knowing that this stuff is being taken care of is just going to be really great in terms of like mindset. And it's just, yeah, it's good. I'm, that I'm sounds excited. really cool. Obviously I can see the benefits of like a, an in-person <laughs> executive assistant. So that seems to be the way you prefer to work anyway. You mentioned, you know, when we spoke about the business coaches that you'd found one as well locally, whereas most of us tend to do everything online now, business coaches, you know, VAs and everything. You've definitely gone the other way. Yeah. And I don't know why, but you are right. Like it's not been a, aside from the assistant, that was a choice, but I don't know why, why is in-person for me so much more effective? I just don't know. What is it about being in the same room as someone that makes me more likely to listen to them and take action and more likely to leave feeling really good about whatever, When, when I get on a zoom call or something, when I finish the zoom call, I'll be like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's really hard to yeah. explain, but there is maybe a difference. Need, yeah, maybe you just need that personal contact because I think you said something similar as well about masterminds because obviously masterminds, again, tend to be virtual. You don't get that same, you know, you don't get much out of it, so to speak. But if you go and meet, you know, a bunch of founders in person, I think there's the way you communicate is different as well, isn't it? Like if we were both in the same room now, I imagine the podcast would be quite different <laughs> as opposed yeah. to, you know, just sitting here on either side of the screen as well. I think it does influence us and how we are and how we work and how we interact with people. Yeah. And there was another, you know, I talked about this Diary of a CEO podcast. I know it's been mm. a popular podcast for a while. I've only just started listening to it. Really what put me off is that the thumbnails and stuff looked kind of a bit Broy, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I like yeah. that. But I've been um, listening to it, and I'm seeing if I can get the uh, episodes up now because there was one I listened to. It was a really popular, like one of the most shared ones, and it was about like the seven secrets of happiness or something. Mm. And they had this guy who'd done this really popular TED talk about basically how to be happy, and he's talking about how human relationships are like the most important thing just to everyone even if you think like I consider myself an introvert and I struggle to be around people for too long before I really burn out and that he sort of says you know imagine if you imagine if there were no people left in the world like at all everything that you do is for people in some way even like make it it might be nice for a couple of days but everything you do from like I don't know making a sandwich taking a walk like everything would feel so pointless without people Mm. around and he was talking about how you know this in-person thing the relationships that you create that in person are just so much deeper and richer than the ones virtually. And this is definitely something I found, you know, cause I always talk about going to conferences and how they've been the biggest thing for me. If I could point to really one thing that's been the, had the biggest impact on my business trajectory, it's been in-person conferences 
because the people that I've met there, I've stayed in touch with a lot of them, you know, a lot of them I haven't, to be honest, but Mm. there's something about sitting down with someone and not just at the conference, but maybe afterwards you go for a drink or you go for a meal or, you know, you see them, you're in the same hotel and you see them at breakfast the next day or something that like you have this kind of deeper connection. So, you know, you're more likely to take that with you when you go back to your office space and maybe that maybe in person there's just something there but I don't know what exactly it is but when I think about everything that good that's happened it's always come from something in person which is so interesting because like I said I don't consider myself a social person like I Mm. really like my own company and I get quite nervous about going in person speaking to people and doing all that kind of stuff but I guess it's, I guess it's valuable. So yeah, I definitely recommend giving that a listen, that episode, you'll be able to find it. It's one of the most shared. It's quite recent. It was like seven habits of happiness or something like okay, that. Yeah. I'll good. give it a listen. Yeah, yeah, no, they have some amazing, uh, amazing guests on there. Everything is really long, the episodes. So really long. Time. Yeah. I listen to them at the gym. So I only spend like 20, 30 minutes at the gym. So I get through one episode every like three or four days. Um, right. So yeah, it's good. Cool. I'll have a look. I'll have a look after. Yeah. So I think for me, that's like, I don't have any other updates other than that. I would say I, it's too early to really tell how, what effect this is going to have on my business, but I have a feeling I'm going to be telling my former self, why didn't you do this sooner? So yeah, I definitely think hiring, especially an assistant is probably. Well, I think now it just comes down probably to, if you can now put all that extra time to good use will you do the things you need to do or will you, and I think you will, because knowing what I know of you, or will you just say, well, well, you know, I've got a bit more time to relax now, or, you know, maybe I can take a bit longer or yeah. it'd be interesting to see if you can actually apply all that extra time. Yeah. You could argue though, even if I do, if, and if I don't put it to good use, it's still benefit oh, yeah, yeah. because it will like reduce the amount of stress and like that Completely. kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't, I don't plan on, I plan on putting it to good use and trying to really grow, see if I can just grow this because I've, I've sort of been at the same level with client portal for a really long time now. I just want to see if I can just get it to the next level just cause mm. why not? I just want to see if I can do it. So yeah, it'll be interesting. If you can enjoy that time as well at some point say, well, actually I do have more time to go to the gym or I do have more time to sit down yeah. and practice the piano or whatever. That's And being able to go away, like I'm going well. to Athens next week for WordCamp, knowing that things are going to be taken care of here. Like I'll Very hopefully nice. enjoy it more, maybe. Yeah, yeah, hope so. So let us know. <laughs> I will. All right, so is there anything else, any other updates you think we should talk about? I think we're at the 30-ish minute yeah, mark Yeah, I now. don't think so, no. I think that's uh, pretty much everything for me. I need to get back into my time boxing. You do, <laughs> yeah. And I'll be looking forward to hearing how you get on with that. And if you make any, I'm sure you'll make changes to it. If it's something oh, that yeah. you stick with. Some people stick with it forever and they really like it. And some people just use it as a bit of an experiment to see how they work well and go from there. So it'll be interesting to see how you get on. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to check yeah. in on the next episode. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and uh, would like to leave a review, that would be really, really helpful. Reviews are so helpful for us, especially as a still a fairly new podcast. I'd be really grateful for that. Otherwise, um, we will see you in a couple of weeks for the next episode of the Non-Tech Founders Podcast. Have a good time in uh, in Athens. Thanking you. Hear about it when you get back. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Cheers, Laura. Bye-bye.